Exciting day here, uh, you know, in in Sweden. Um, looked like a nice day. Uh, a couple of things I want you to cover before we talk specifically about the women's race and the men's race, respectively, is is the course. So if we think of like a skate course like Davos, I think that was running. I think Rosie Brennan had the fastest qualifier this year in roughly like two forty. Um, this course, 1.6K, ran longer in terms of time, and it is longer in, in distance as well. But for the women, um, anywhere from, say, like 322 to, you know, upper mid-30s. Um, so maybe a little bit about this course specifically and uh, the terrain and strategy overall. Yeah, well, uh, to frame it, it was, it was the type of course that we looked at and we thought, wow, uh, this is going to be great for the the hybrid, you know, sprinter distance skiers. Uh, in particular, the one that we uh, pointed to was Jesse. Just a course that is, uh, it skis pretty easy when you're just cruising around and previewing it. But as soon as you turn things up to level three or race pace, uh, there's not a moment where you can really rest in a in a tuck that is longer than five seconds. It's uh, the downhill uh, needs to be put in quotes, and it's. Uh, a working meandering very gentle slope it is fast but if you expect to do well you have to work uh from literally from the start to the finish okay um so one of the u.s skiers gave like a preview interview with this and they mentioned yeah drafting will come into play today which which is true um but also we saw skiers and most notably jesse and we can just get right into this too with on the women's side but most notably jesse in her quarterfinal and semi who really took it out front and led for you know all of her quarterfinal and most of her semi if i have that correct and changed that up a, a bit in, in the final those tactics but can you speak to that strategy a little bit yeah uh, of course um you know jesse has a lot of confidence in her fitness as does uh, literally every fan of cross-country skiing right now and uh it's fun to see and I think that she knows in these earlier heats that she can go off the front and secure herself a bid for the next round. Um, the general strategy for the team uh, was to, as you approach the stadium, be first, second, or third, because there's going to be very little movement from fourth, fifth, or sixth into qualifying, uh, into the qualifying sort of potential, um, because it's just so windy, so fast. There's uh, there's no room to go by. So you might move up a place or you might lose a place, but how you enter the stadium uh, on average is how you're going to finish. <clears throat> now, there are some major exceptions today, uh, particularly with the men's final. Uh, and also we saw Jesse in her final go from fourth. Uh, she saw a hole that opened up um, with about a quarter mile to go uh, where the window had not been. It had actually been on the other side of the trail and she saw it open up and she just uh, hit the gas and went through it. And to put it in perspective, how impressive that is on a fast course like this, when the whole heat is already going fast to actually accelerate and move through a window is, uh, is a huge feat. And, and she was able to do that. And that put her on the podium today. Um, and a little bit more about Jesse. And I spoke, to, I've spoken to her already about her day. And, you know, one of the things we talked about was, you know, what is her calculus now about the overall, um, you know, it's obvious I'm going to, you know, she's wearing the yellow bib as the world cup overall leader. Um, I go look at those results after the race. I think she acquired 60 points for third. 
uh, today. Um, and so she has a pretty decent lead, over 300 points over Stupak in second, who has not contested the past couple races. Um, you know, and she was pretty out there like, yeah, this is now a goal. This is a goal for me and, and the team in general. Um, you know, I'm curious. I, I, I'm Maybe I'm wrong, but this is a really good position for you to be in this late in the season as a head coach. I'm not sure if you've been in this position before uh, in the past decade. Again, I haven't really looked at all the data, but right. Yeah. Right. I was, um, no, I was just going to say, uh, you know, we've seen Kershaw in this position uh, from Canada and that's about as close as we've got. Who's that? <laughs> He's that guy that runs that bomb podcast. That's right. That's right. Um, that's true, but that's a little bit different from like, you know, being in meetings or talking to the athlete or kind of scheming with Cork. Um, and what I mean, I guess I want to get some insight here. What does that maybe look like from your side? Um, are you guys looking at, okay, well, there's a couple of races coming up and here's how that might play out and here's who may be present at those races to position Jesse to, you know, not compromise herself, you know, physically or crashing, but also be aggressive enough to be like, you know what, let's scoop up some points here. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, for a nation like Norway, uh, who often has the overall winner, uh, they place, I think, a, a little bit higher value on world championships and, uh, and winning there and at the Olympics. Uh, but for a nation that hasn't won the overall since Koki did, um, that in our eyes is considerably more important um, in, of an, in terms of an accomplishment uh, for an athlete to retire someday, having uh, both world championship medals, with Je which Jesse has, and uh, hopefully a World Cup overall win um, <clears throat> would be incredible. Jesse has, she remembers the sting from 2018, which was mitigated by the Olympic gold, but being, you know, within 40 points or, or whatever it was of, of actually winning herself with a plummeting Heidi Vang and a rising Jesse Diggins. Mm, um, yeah. It was really close. Um, and so uh, I'm not going to say what we're going to do, uh, but we are uh, very interested in, in protecting that lead. Okay. Um, and my guess is you're not at liberty to, to, discuss specifics. I mean, I ran through some obvious starts for Jesse at world champs. You know, I was like the 10 K yep. skate, the relay, the team sprint. Um, and I preface that with, you know, I was like, I, I, you know, she raced every race in Pyeongchang and, and more rest days built in a little different schedule. It's a little more condensed for world champs, but are you at Liberty to talk a little bit about her schedule there yet? Yeah, absolutely. And and actually, the reason I, I, I don't really want to talk about what we're doing with regards to the World Cups for the rest of the season is we don't really know. Um, it's not that it's a secret. You know, you can probably go on uh, her blog and find some information out. It's uh, it's somebody just asked me, we're going to tell you what we're thinking. We don't hold a lot close to our chest. But, um, you know, Nova Mesto is one of those World Cups that's uh, kind of up in the air for everybody who is looking to go there right now. Four World Champs for Jesse. Um, she'll effectively or essentially has a start in anything she wants to start. Um, we uh, won't guarantee anybody a, a relay or a, or a uh, you know four by five or a 
team sprint start until we get closer to the event. But um, as you can imagine, uh, Jesse would be all but guaranteed to start in both of those two. So uh, the trick always with Jesse and athletes like that in in the past is not to overrace them. And uh, so, for instance, if somebody does the team sprint, uh, we have a little bit of a team uh, agreement to skip the skiathlon. And that, that takes a, a real heavy load race off of one schedule. So expect to see her racing a lot. Okay. Boy, I love the skiathlon, I have to say. Um, it's a great event. It's too bad that it's so close to the team sprint. Yeah, because it's one of those one of those races, especially for Jesse, who if she can stay uh, in close contact and classic, you know, she just goes on the hunt and skate. It's such a fun one for her to race. Yeah, and it's just fun to see the same athlete in different techniques and kind of geek out on like how they look. And um, <laughs> yeah, it is fun. Um, okay, uh, so just a couple of other notes on the women's side. Um, you know, uh, Sadie Bjornsson, I think in her third race is 16th overall. Hannah Halverson qualifies in 22nd, uh, finishes in 23rd and snaps a pole, um, which is also, you know, notable. And we've talked about this, just her recovery from a horrific accident. Um, but any other notes from the women's side? Yeah, well, um, so exciting for Hannah today to qualify 22nd, 21st, something like that. Um, she was closing hard at the end, too. And I think uh, had the race been another 50, meters longer she would have been in the teens and another 50 meters longer she could have been in the low teens and she was just really um improving as things went she uh has clearly um just steadily but measurably climbed this uh staircase of progress through this season and uh, <laughs> disappointing with a broken pole today because i think she was ready to uh make a bid for a semifinal. Um, but okay. uh, also yeah. notably, you know, Sophie not qualifying. I mean, that's a little bit of the elephant in the room in a skate sprint. Um, Sophie has not had the season that uh, one would hope to in her last year. Um, but she has recently had races that she's been quite happy with, like in Falun, um, being third in her semi and just being outgunned by Falk. And so... Uh, if she was a little bit tired, she's not very tired. You always look back to when the last race when you felt quite good was, and that gives you an idea of how tired you were. So from now to uh, three weeks ago was your last good feeling workout or interval uh, or race, um, you're, you could be very tired. But since it was just last week, I think um, Sophie might have a little bit of fatigue from a session that we did on Wednesday. Um, it was a little cold, so the load was a little higher, but I think the skis also were not quite there for her today. Um, I do not think it's fair to put that all today on Sophie. Um, cause on a day when she's a little bit flat, um, she should be, you know, six, eight seconds out, not 12. Right. Right. But um, let's also, uh, let's also call it what it is. This is a three and a half minute course. It's, uh, it's someone with, uh, it's suited better for more towards people with a, a distance capacity. Sophie excels when there's, uh, 45 seconds of really hard work and then 20 seconds of rest in some corners and then, and then more work and then more rest. Uh, so 
Yeah, for example, no, I think no so. excuses. Just trying to just trying to explain it. No, for sure. And I think historically, she's done quite well in Davos, which is a shorter, punchier type situation. Is that right? Accurate. Okay. Um, well, that brings up a point, and, and I'm not I'm not afraid of like the elephant in the room thing. I I just didn't bring up Sophie per se because um, you guys have the luxury of, you know. A lot of folks up there in the points. We have three people in the points today. Um, But that said, and I know she's written about this. Julia Kern certainly has, you know, not been incredibly stoked with her performances this year. And um, you know, she's no, you know, she actually last year had notable distance results, and of course, you know, notable sprint results. Um, Can you speak to, you know, some of her challenges right now? Yeah, it's been. It's been a a tough year for Julia. It has she hasn't been missing by much, but uh, she's definitely been missing. And boy, it's a really hard year with COVID, where we can't um, just run blood tests as often as we want uh, to see if somebody's fighting something or is deficient in one area, and we can make uh, you know changes to one's iron or or vitamin D or something like that. It's it's a tricky year, and we're we're really flying by feel. Um, Notably, I think this year, Julia has struggled with not being able to run. Um, And, you know, as all skiers know, running is one of those things that is just uh, one of the easiest ways to get in good, good fitness. And, um, and so it's possible that there was just a little too much ski specific training, uh, which, (laughs) frankly, it doesn't bother me. I mean, Julia is young. And this training and this experience from even this year, though it's not at the top of her game, is going to pay off in a year like next for the Olympics. Um, she'll absorb it. She'll come back stronger. But I think the specificity and maybe a little bit of the monotony, there's something you know called monotony in training where there's not enough variation. And that could be something that she's experienced this year. Um, really cool, though, about Julia is – uh, you know, if you if you scanned around the team at any meal or any snapshot during the day, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell who's having a good season or a bad season. Um, she's she's on her game with regards to psychology, and that's why every single race, we all really believe in her, and I think she really believes in herself too. So, um, she's not to be counted out yet this season, but I I think it's it's fine to say that it hasn't been going great for her. Okay. So, um, yeah, you okay switching over to the guy's side right now? Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, it's interesting. I noted three of these skiers who are all, you know, Simi is a vet. Simi Hamilton qualified. He came in 28th. Logan Hanneman qualified, came in 29th. Kevin Bolger qualified. He came in 23rd. Um, Vets, older athletes. Um, And you noted right away, you're like, yeah, JC Schoonmaker. I got that right, right? Yeah, you did. Kind yeah. of been struggling. JC Schoonmaker <laughs> um, came in 35th. And uh, I think maybe we should be surprised he didn't qualify. Um, he's having, you know, a spectacular season. So why don't we, yeah, if you want to start with JC, why don't, why don't you do that? He placed 35th today and qualified, I think. Yeah, obviously in 35th. <laughs> yep. A um, little bit of a disappointing day just to see him out of, uh, out of the points when you'd yeah, probably place some some money on betting he would be in there um, and even well in there. 
JC was feeling a little bit flat uh, in a session on Wednesday. He was really smart and he kind of cut the workout short, which I found to be a, a you know a telltale sign of a guy with a lot of a long future ahead of him um, on the World Cup because he's already making these decisions without being told uh, to do the right thing. So uh, I think there's a little bit of fatigue. He was around 19th or 20th at uh, 0.9K, uh, fading a little bit to 1.2. And then by uh, 1.6, uh, he had, which is the finish, he had he had moved out and, and was in 35th. So he was fading. Uh, he just probably took it out a little hard. It was, you know, a combination of a pacing thing and being just a little bit tired today. Um, nothing wrong with that. He's got a very light plan leading into his sprint race on Wednesday in Volcati at uh, U23s. And uh, this is a guy you're going to see on the start line at World Champs in the classic sprint. So, uh, sure, today's a bummer. Um, but I feel so good about the training that this guy has put in and the recovery that's been happening coming into today. So I think he's about to come under, come out from under the blanket of fatigue he's had for the last few days. Okay. Um, and let's talk a little bit about Simi and Kevin. I mean, both of those guys uh, had kind of stumbles a little bit. I mean, Kevin looks like he got swung around, you know, almost a full rotation in, in his race. And Simi got tripped up sort of in the in the closing moments a little bit and, and looked visibly frustrated um, coming across the line. Um, so any, I, I guess, you know, those are two vets. Yeah, I, I, I'm... I think this is Simi's last season, so I'm sure he's feeling like every opportunity now is, is a key opportunity. Um, so maybe let's start with him. You know, he knows what he's doing. He knows how to process these ups and downs. But um, how did you process that with him today? Yeah, well, uh, let me preface it by saying after after Falun, the the race is there. Uh, you know, and those guys uh, have we had one qualifier and then four guys just out of the points we had we had a little sit down and uh you know a hard talk about how we're going to get better as a team and how we're going to uh create more uh, uh more fight in the workouts when we can and fewer opportunities when people are just doing their own session on their own um uh, on some lonely section even if they have a coach to get them video uh how much better do you actually get on the world cup and when you're going up against teams like France and Norway and Sweden, who at every camp and at many of their training sessions during the week, they're going head to head and they're fighting. And so um, ironically, or, uh, or maybe somewhat disappointingly, we, we had a, a really great meeting about this. We had a great workout on Wednesday um, where, we, where we started to employ some of this. And it's not that we haven't done this in the past. We just want to kind of re-up um, the sort of uh, fighting that we do during workouts, uh, using each other as resources. We need we need to find edge as a men's team as a way to hit the next step. Um, and so I think we saw guys today that were uh, skiing aggressively. They weren't backing down, and we just ended up on the wrong side of things today. But today's a great case in point on why this project needs to happen. Okay. Anything else? And maybe I'm missing something, but um, yeah. I think you saw a guy like Kevin get spun around 
because he was not backing down, because he was throwing himself in the mix. He's got a lot of limbs on that guy, so there's a lot to catch. Um, and uh, you saw a guy like Simi um, qualify, okay, 22nd, 23rd, something like that, uh, and then go for heat one. And that, to me, demonstrates a team that is ready to get out there and fight. And so there's a lot today uh, about that that I'm really excited about. The results, ah, that's sprinting, but we're going to see more. This, this team's going on the rise. All right, team sprint tomorrow, and then, I, yeah, we can talk. We'll talk, in the, and I don't need to project into the future any more than I already have. Yeah. Do you want to know the teams where where everything they're they're entered? Um, We have four teams. Uh, JC and Hannah are flying to U23s, and so uh, they will not be starting tomorrow, and they they leave early in the morning. So we will have Sadie leg one, Jesse leg two for a team. We'll have Julia leg one, Sophie leg two for a team. Uh, We'll have Simi leg one. Kevin leg two for a team, Logan Hanneman leg one, and Peter Holmes leg two for a team. And all of them are coming out of the second semifinal. Okay. Wow. Uh, which, okay. which is, you know, we, we try to avoid, there's no way to avoid it, but you want the first semifinal because there is a little more recovery. But I think there's actually something to be said for that first semifinal uh, kind of taking too long of a day and athletes sort of lose flow uh, because there's so much time from your qualifier to your final. And as you remember, perhaps Jesse and Keegan came out of semifinal two at the Olympics. Yeah, I don't remember that. I'm sorry, but I do remember the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And most notably what I remember is like knowing it was going to be an interesting evening when Keegan was locked on right away. But that's that was palpable for me. Okay, yep. but we don't need to, yep. to go there. But uh, one last thing is tomorrow. Is it the same one point six k loop for the team sprint? That's right. Yep. Okay, and are they doing uh, how many exchanges? So they'll be doing them one or three exchanges per athlete. Is that right? I yeah. Guess. Each each athlete skis three laps. That's oh right. gosh! Thank God. Yep. Okay. In Dresden, yep. I think they it was a little. More dizzying. Each there were six handoffs. Perhaps that's right. That yeah, right? short shorter loops, uh, more handoffs, which which I kind of liked, you know. But also for this, would we we don't have we don't have uh, uh, there's no ski service. And that's that's new uh, new this year or last year. But anyway, so you know you you can do ski service before the race, of course, and between semi and final, but not uh, during the actual race itself. Okay, well, thanks for your time and have a good evening. Yeah, thanks, Jason. Thanks, everybody back home. All right, and that wasn't that boring, I don't think. I thought we did a good job.